Preston, up, can dude? you hear me there okay? Yeah, good. All good. Can hear you, can see. How's your day going there so far? Good, man. Uh, woke up kind of later than I wanted to. I just got back from Pennsylvania uh, last night. So after Pittsburgh, I did an indie show in Pennsylvania. So, And then before Pittsburgh, I was in Detroit for like a week. So I was out of my apartment for like two weeks straight. So I was exhausted. The dude is keeping busy and hopefully healed for lots of television time this week. But first question, what do I call you? Do I call you Preston? Do I call you Mr. Vance? Preston Vance? How do you like to be called? You can you can call me whatever. I mean, Preston, 10, Vance. My real name is actually Cody, but that got taken away from me when I joined AEW. So Understandable. Well, I'll stick with Mr. Vance because it's an honorable term right there. So... Dark Order is very, very, very popular. I would argue you are the most mysterious member by far. Is that by design or, hey, are you just, hey, it happened and you never corrected the course of being mysterious? Yeah, I think it it just kind of happened. So, like, when when Brody took me in, I think he kind of wanted to be a little bit mysterious and, like, what's this guy's deal? And then – you know, I got hurt pretty, pretty quickly after getting signed. I tore my bicep. So then I was just on stage for every week with, with his jacket on and my arm in a sling and, you know, just kind of stood there. So, I mean, getting hurt sucked, but that definitely added to like the mystique yeah. of like, when's this guy going to come back? What's his, like, what's his thing basically? And yeah, it just kind of never, never changed it. Between your matches on Dynamite, the matches that happen on dark and dark elevation between you walking out with all your stable mates. It, wait, actually, is it okay to call it a stable or is that just the most outdated term there is? No, you can call it stable faction. Faction, I mean, stable yeah. group, respectable collective of individuals, whatever you want to call it. Here. Yep. Uh, you by default might have the most TV time each week. Is that also yeah. a thing that happened organically? Yeah, I think so. Uh, I mean, like when I got brought in, because uh, when I got brought in, it was Stu and Uno, Silver Reynolds, and then like, uh, you know, five wasn't there yet. So the whole idea that Brody had was they're the tag teams and I was going to be the singles guy. Uh, and then I got hurt and then they brought Allen in to kind of, you know, uh, cover for me almost. Um, but yeah, I guess I guess it just kind of happened organically. Uh, I mean, they're, they're all they're they're so good at tag team wrestling, especially Stu and Uno. Um, like I, I like tag team wrestling, but I much prefer single stuff. However, I do love, uh, I do love like the trios wrestling with mm-hmm. uh, Silver, Silver and Reynolds. I love tagging with them because we just have so much fun. Whoever's in the corner, we're just talking shit the whole time. <laughs> so much fun. <laughs> That's awesome. Another great thing, speaking of awesome about you guys, is when you personally came into AEW, you were kind of hated. People were not big fans of you right away. Then over time now, they're really behind you and really gunning for you. And my assumption is the appearances on BTE were what guided that. Am I correct? Yeah. We, we all agree that what got the dark, dark Order, like, more over than anything than being on Dynamite even was literally the stuff we do on BTE. Um, because we can all really, I don't want to say, like, let our true color show because, like, you know, I'm not actually a, tr- a drug addict, but, you know, like, it's like uh, we all get to do like our own personalities turned up to 10, you know. So I think I think BTE, I mean, was like the best thing that we've that we've done to get over. 
it can't be denied. The improv skills within the Dark Order are top notch. I find that when people are filming improv oriented things for TV or film, if it's a pre-taped kind of thing, they get a few takes in. But I also get the vibe from watching you guys. It's all first take. One take. The one only take. time we ever do more than one take is if we all start laughing hysterically and it's just <laughs> ruined. But yeah, it's, it's all one take. And the thing like with us is like, it's so organic because we're all like actual friends. Like, it's not like you just see what we do on TV and then it's like, you know, uh, now we're now we're gonna go do our separate thing. Like me and Silver, like in the back, how we are in BTE, we're that way hundred percent of the time. Like, uh, sure. I forgot where we were, but me and Silver are just interacting. And uh, Orange Cassidy goes, "You guys know there's no cameras on you. Like, who are you doing this for? Like, we're just doing it to pop ourselves at this point, you know." Have you always been that way behind the scenes? I, uh, I mean, yeah, I'm just uh, like we all have that in common. Like, we're all just kind of goofballs, you know. So I think that's that's why it works. Like. It, like, we just, like, we're there to have fun, which, you know, we're all living our dream job, so we should have fun. You know what I mean? Fair specimen right there. So there was no hesitation on your end to kind of break character like that on BTE or not no. even a thought for you? No, because, so realistically, I loved it because I wasn't too fond of the 10 character when it got presented to me. Um, I never wore a mask on the indies. I, I'm not, like, a creepy like mysterious like cult do like like at all you know uh so like when i got the chance like oh just kind of be yourself i'm like oh this is great you know because everything in, in wrestling it works better if it's kind of like a you know if, it, if it's kind of like a offshoot of like who you actually are you just called it out there the mask wrestling in a mask yeah most people can't do that in your case had you done it at all before coming to no. AEW? never have done it um and i hated it and it wasn't the fact that like you know it was hard to get used to as far as like your peripher peripherals are kind of cut sure. harder to breathe a little bit that shit didn't bother me it's more so like i didn't want my face covered um yeah. that was the main thing and i remember i remember going to cody and being like you know i don't know how i feel about this and he's like well there's nowhere to go but up and he goes and think about it and then when we finally take your mask off which we will you know it's like a whole nother debut basically I'm like that's a good point you know and and, uh, you know, Brody really wanted me with him and stuff. So, like, I'm not, I would never say no to him or, like, you know, question his ideas and stuff because growing up, I was a huge Luke Harper fan. I love the Wyatt family, you know. Uh, but now, like, I love it. Like, I don't know if I want to get rid of it yet. Um, and, like, all the stuff I read online, it's, like, people like it because in wrestling, the fans are very, like, comic booky. Like, they like those, like, so, like, out-of-this-world characters. So mm -hmm. like without the mask, like I'm just like a normal dude. And then with the mask, it's like I'm either a superhero or super villain, you know? And like I always get the coolest fan art because it's like my character is like I guess it's fun to draw. I, I don't draw because I'm I'm not artistic, but I, I mean because there's so much, there's like it's literally like I look I look like a comic book hero, you know? So it's like I like the mask now. The recurring theme that I keep hearing is well, I was supported by other people, and this is a wonderful environment. So Sounds like that's the case where you came into a company going, cool, this is work. And then yeah. it got better and better as time went on. Yeah. I mean, I, I took it as like, you know, give me like, even though I wasn't super fond of it, like, I guess, give me the ball and I'll run with it type thing and like make it my own. Yeah. So productive. You got things done. Well, aside from all the wonderful success in AEW, what's life like for you? Is there a lot of life outside the ring for you? 
Yeah. Um, I, I mean, outside of wrestling, I like to, I love to work out. That's like my main, I guess I call it a hobby, but it, I mean, if you're a pro wrestler, it should be kind of part of your job. Um, I like to, uh, I like to go out and, you know, drink and, you know, the normal stuff that, you know, 20 year old, 20, you know, people in their twenties like to do. Sure. Uh, but that's it. I don't, I don't, I didn't, I like my, my dad and my brother and stuff, they love like hunting and fishing and I never got super into it. Uh, so, but like, so I don't have like a hobby like that. I don't like to golf. Um, I love sports. I love music. Uh, like I love going to concerts and, uh, like sporting events like baseball, hockey, all that stuff. But, uh, like on a day-to-day basis is pretty much just eat, work out. And if it's the weekend and like, I don't have an indie show or a pay-per-view or something, maybe go get a few drinks, but pretty, pretty basic, you know, positively basic. But yeah. I asked that because more than half the AEW roster, if you were to ask that they would talk about their second career and everybody seems to be extremely talented on the roster you don't see a lot of basic folks, uh, hobbies aside yeah. and all that. So I didn't know if you were going to go, are you kidding me? I'm producing some of the best music you've, you've never heard. I didn't know if we were going to get that. Oh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm all like, I, I'm just all like focused on the wrestling aspect right now. I mean, I would love to maybe get into some other stuff, but like, like I'm, I like being a fan of other stuff. Like, like I, I love music. But like I'm not musically talented in any sort of way, you know. But I do. I love all sorts of music. But there's like I can't sing. I can't play an instrument, you know. So like I just, you know. But I do tell everyone if there was one job, like dream job outside of uh, pro wrestling for me, it would definitely be a musician. To have some like to to like have some sort of like talent and like do concerts because like I I go I love concerts and I see these guys on stage. And I'm like man, these guys are just getting drunk, having a blast, like doing their job. You know, like, this is so cool. Fair. That that helps explain why there's a lot of crossover between wrestling and music, I would say. Yeah. Because the onstage persona doesn't always represent who the person right. is offstage. Right. So the for the people country singer may not be like that offstage. Right. <laughs> uh, I, I, I compare uh, pro wrestling to to music and baseball all the time, because like and music before you make it, you know, like you go to Nashville, you see all these super talented guys playing in dive bars for just tips, you know, then sure. the next year they, they could get signed to this contract and now they're on, they're on doing tours and on TV. And it's like your whole life changes like that. And like with wrestling, it's the same thing before you make it. Most of us, we did indie wrestling and we're, you know, performing in these like little bingo halls and like high school, middle school gyms, you know, sure. and then, and now we're, all of a sudden now you're on TNT. So it like completely changes your life. And like with baseball, before you make it to MLB, you're in the minor leagues. And, you know, and that's a huge step from going from, you know, a single A, double A, triple A club to the MLB. But I always compare music and wrestling. Music, wrestling, baseball. If you're out there in front of a lot of people and entertaining them, I guess there's going to be a lot of commonalities. Yeah. So two quick questions, then you're a free man. And the first one, you mentioned liking music. What music do you like to train to? And is that a totally different than what you like to listen to? Um, I'm all over the place with music. Uh, my two favorite genres are definitely rap and country. I know completely different sides of the spectrum. Um, my, so I'm from a really small town. So I kind of like, I guess, grew up just all my friends liked country and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, as far as, uh, as far as hip hop goes though, I mean, my favorite artist of all time is Eminem. Um, I'm from Michigan. So yes. that's probably part of it. Uh, but I remember like when eight mile came out, I just watched that thing over and over every day and I memorized all like the rap battle scenes at the end and 
like I thought I was Eminem as a child. I bleached my hair blonde. I wrote these terrible raps. Like I was like, I want to be a rapper, you know, but I can't rap. But um, Eminem is definitely my favorite. I say he's who I train to the most. Um, but then like, you know, sometimes like Justin Bieber will slip in there. Like it's just the most random playlist on my, on my phone, you know? So it's like, uh, I think my first two rap albums were Eminem and 50 Cent. So I would say even from like the most I trained to probably those two, um, as far as just listening, like if I'm on a road trip, mm-hmm. I would say mostly country. Um, I mean like some rock, but not like a, not like a ton. I'd say I'd say country and rapper are by far the two the two most. Cool. And my last question here, besides dynamite and Friday night watching Rampage, what's a TV recommendation you could pass along to someone who needs a new show to start? Oh, new sh- um, so i I just watched Office on repeat. <laughs> so if you've never seen The Office, definitely The Office. I think that's like the that's my favorite TV show. Like I love like sitcom, like stuff like that. I also love King of Queens, which is super old now, but vintage. It's vintage. vintage yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time. Looking forward to everything that you have coming in the near future and hope to see a big spectacle related to you at Arthur Ashe Stadium in New York here. Hell yeah. Thank you. Rod, good afternoon. How's it going there? By you. I'm doing good. How about yourself? No complaints here in New York. You are a man that's known for being, you know, three or four homes at once. Where are you dialing in from? I am in Vegas now. We moved there two years ago. We love it. Um, had to get out of California. Cost too much money. So <laughs> we're enjoying it. Common story right there. Well, it is such a pleasure to speak with you. You were one of my favorite players growing up. And a lot of that has to do with Tecmo Super Bowl. You were one of the best players in that game. <laughs> and I'm sure you hear that a lot, per se. But doing a quick rundown on your career, you know, 17 seasons as a player, success as a broadcaster, success as a coach. Is there anything that you didn't accomplish in football that you still hoped to? Well, I mean, it's, you know, I've been very blessed to play 17 years in the league. And when I got done with that, uh, never really thought about getting into broadcasting. The NFL Network called me and, uh, you know, I was there for uh, over 10 years. And then, you know, Al Davis called and, you know, when Al Davis calls you and asks you a favor, uh, you can't turn the godfather down. So right. I started coaching uh, back in 11, kind of got ingrained in who I was. That's really what I love to do. And uh, started working with Westwood One after we got fired after the first year and did it several years with that. Then went back to coaching with Jack Del Rio's group uh, back in Oakland. Uh, have fun. I had fun doing everything I have. I mean, I had a, I've had a good life. Uh, cannot complain about my life. Um, you know, do I want to accomplish anything else? You know, would still love to coach, but, you know, got to open the doors that he wants me to walk through. Um, right now, I'm uh, still working with Westwood One, calling games. I get to call the preseason games for the Ravens. And, you know, I have a blast doing those type of things. Well, we were connected by the NFL alumni team, which you've been active with, and they have great programs going on. But the fact that those 17 seasons, then the coaching and the broadcasting, and now still working with the NFL alumni, you're a lifer. Did you know when you were in your second or third season of the NFL, hey, for the rest of my life, I'm going to be in football? No. I mean, who knows that? I mean, you know, come on. Maybe it could. we could probably wish we, you know, 
want to be there, but you really never know where the end result's going to be. You know, your decision-making, your choices that you make in life kind of defines your destiny over the course of time. Um, for me, it, it's kept mm -hmm. me close to football. It really has. And, you know, I could have made other decisions and not to do that. And then I wouldn't have been around football. So, you know, if you get the opportunities and those doors open for you, which they did for me, you know, I got to spend a lot of time, which I've been doing since I've been nine years old, playing football, talking about football. Uh, you know, I'm kind of ingrained in it. Uh, it's a part of my life. It's a part of my DNA. Cool. Well, I know that the NFL Alumni Association gives DDPY, it's Diamond Dallas Pages, DDP Yoga System. I know everybody can use that, but what else is going on with the <laughs> NFL alumni team at the moment? Well, I mean, the biggest thing that we're rolling out is just the, you know, a campaign to encourage uh, everyone across the U.S. and the globe to talk to their professionals, get educated on getting vaccinated. There's so much misinformation out there and people believe that misinformation because they see it on social media. So they disbelieve it's true. And even our regular you know, network television, there's some misinformation. They think it's true. So I would just say, just keep educating yourself, make the right decision. You know, I got vaccinated uh, a while ago. Um, been, a, you know, my kind of the, you know, COVID ran through my family last year mm -hmm. outside of my oldest daughter and my youngest son. Uh, they didn't get it, but everybody else got it. Um, so I would just say, get educated, do the right thing. You know, as a football term, we play as a team. Uh, you win as a team and as a community, you know, I, I would hope that you don't want to be the one to go into the grocery store and the lady there who's normally older people who work there has a pre-existing condition, which you don't know about. Mm -hmm. And you're the only carrier that gives it to her. I mean, just, you know, I just say do the right thing for each community, each household, each area around the U.S. and, and make the smart decision. It's always a pleasure speaking with people who work with the organization we're talking about. When you speak to somebody like Beasley, he's inspirational. He knows what's going on, present company included too. Have you always been super aware or did you have a wake up moment of, hmm, time to start reading more? Well, I mean, I think we should all been aware that we had a pandemic. I mean, a lot of people died throughout the world. Sure. And I think we were all were hesitant. I think, you know, I'm not a vaccine person. Um, you know, I don't take the, I don't get a, my cold shot. I don't do that every year, but this is different. Right. I mean, this is, this is life and death. And um, it, it was a, it took me a little while. Uh, but then my daughter, uh, her boyfriend's father has pre-existing conditions. He got it and he died. And uh, right after that, I think it was like two weeks after that, I got my vaccine. And I was, I was already looking at it. We were talking about it. My wife and I were talking about it. She has to get it because mm -hmm. she's a teacher's aide and, and substitute teacher. So she has to get it. Um, it, it, was, it made the decision easy. I, I was heading in that direction anyway, talking to different people about which vaccine they got and how they feel, which one you think is best, just from friends. Um, but then talking to my local doctor, you know, we had uh, several choices and then we picked uh, Moderna. Um, so we got that. Um, I just, for me, it just always educate yourself on any subject matter you're going to start talking about, let alone what we're doing here with the vaccine. And, you know, I just say, when you do that, then you can make wise decisions. And most of the people who are choosing to go the opposite and not get vaccinated, I don't know if they've been affected personally 
by the pandemic in the COVID. I, I just don't think they have, because if you have, then open your eyes to a big picture. And the big picture is we want our life. We love our freedom here in the U.S. Mm -hmm. So do your part. If you love it, do your part. And that's all we're asking. Makes sense to me the way that you put it. Uh, do you also have your nonprofit organization, Hope Through Football, going? I do. We, uh, we, we did one clinic this year. We canceled all the other ones. Uh, we just want to have kind of a trial run back in my hometown. Uh, in 2022, we'll have a full slate. Um, love doing that. You know, just giving back to each community. Uh, it really helps out the international communities more because we do play American football everywhere throughout the mm -hmm. world. Um, and so that's, that's something that's dear to my heart. But just I'm a grassroots football guy. I'm a country boy from Indiana. I like being on the grass. I like giving back to what was given to me from all the great coaches I had throughout my 17 years in the National Football League and other great coaches that I've met after football. Um, just them teaching me the game, them teaching me life, and then giving those skill sets back to young men and young women across the U.S. and internationally. It's a great thing. Around the time, mentioning uh, Indiana here, around the time that you became very prominent on an international basis, so did a band largely from Indiana called Guns N' Roses. Did you ever cross paths with them? At any I never point? crossed paths with them, but I know who they are, obviously. Yeah, you never know. The Indiana people can go really far, present company included. And uh, another thing that I alluded to before, DDPY, the DDP yoga thing that you get through NFL alumni, have you ever had the pleasure of trying it? I have never done yoga. I've never done it. I do want to try the hot yoga. Listen, as we get older, we got to try to find a way to keep the chunkiness off, right? <laughs> so we're, I'm trying everything. I walk in the morning. I just walked six and a half miles this morning. Um, you know, I do my little sit ups and push ups. So I'm trying to, you know, keep that chunkiness off. And then my next thing I keep telling my wife, uh, I just don't, haven't found the place to go to here because I you know two years I'm still trying to trust places and see where where, where I kind of fit in uh, but one of these days I'm going to try it I'm going to try yoga one of these days um, in the near future well two quick questions and then you're a free man and the first one you mentioned residing in Vegas these days I'm taking a, a vacation there the last week of the year if nothing changes in the world is there a restaurant that you can recommend out there my daughter works for Caesars. Uh, she, matter of fact, she just became the executive chef for uh, fish and chips on the promenade. So if you're a fish and chips guy and you like that fried cod, that's a great place to go to. That's a Gordon Ramsay restaurant. You know, so I'll probably steer you to more of the Caesar places um, to go to. Uh, they, they, there's so many great, that's the great thing about Vegas. It's so international. And it has any type of food flavor that you will want to have and want mm -hmm. to eat. They have those restaurants all across the area. So, but I would say, at least try that. You'll see my daughter, a big, tall girl with curly hair, glasses. That's my daughter, and she runs a place now. We're going. And then the last question I have: one of my favorite things about you and your career, correlating to Tecmo Super Bowl, is. If you had Rod Woodson on your team, the ball was being intercepted regularly, which was a good thing if you were on that team. Does that skill apply in any other way? Are you able to see things before they happen physically with anything outside of football? 
outside of football? Well, it's, no, no, because football is just a little different, right? So football is a really simple game. This was told to me back in 1987 by Chuck Noll. It's a simple game, not easy to play at a high level on a consistent basis. And it really is. If you really think about the game itself, it really kind of looks alike. It kind of looked like it did way back in the day with different equipment. Guys are bigger, faster, stronger nowadays. But the field kind of looks the same, right? The field yeah. goes move back. Instead of being the front of the side of the you know, end zone, it's still on the back side of the end zone. Everything's the same. So it's really a simple game. Um, you know, so I, and I was taught by some really good coaches. But in life itself, you know, I don't take life too serious. Uh, my dad always said, you live life once. If you live it right, that's enough. <laughs> and I, 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 I kind of go with him with that one. You know, I, I, I believe in it. I don't take myself too serious. Uh, I like having fun. I like to laugh. I like to have a good time. And I think if you can do that, you build a lot of friendships. And I think if there's one silver lining that the pandemic did cause, it caused us to realize our family and our friends mean everything. And I'm going to go back to the very beginning of that. And if our family and friends mean everything and our neighborhoods mean everything, get educated, make the wise decision, do your part to make us get back to where we want to be or where we were five years ago. Fair. Rod, thank you so much for your time. Looking forward to everything that's coming from you, whatever the medium is within football. I appreciate you. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. How's it going there? Good, good, good. How you doing? Good, thank you very much. Am I getting you from beautiful Florida? Yeah, hold on. Let me see if I can, if I can show you. Okay, on the road. <laughs> there you go. Are you are you on your way to training right now? I just came from training. There you go. You get the early start to the training, whereas most people in New York, I think, are waking up right now. Uh, how's training going for this upcoming fight on September 10th? It's going great. Um, I just did some sparring right now. It, the hard part is just looking for somebody that fights South Pole, you know, but, and um, that actually fights good, you know, but um, besides all that, it's great. The, the ride is great. You know, the training is, it's worth it, you know, because I'm fighting for a title belt. So this really means a lot to me. Yeah, this is a meaningful fight because the last fight you had had a controversial finish to it. Do you feel a lot of pressure or are you not the kind of guy that gets on yourself and is just going to go in there and do the best no matter what? Um, you know what? Just by you saying that, man, it brought a lot of pressure. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, man, because... I wouldn't, I, I, I've been waiting for this for 11 years. You know, I've been doing this since 2009, 2010. And, um, you know, I would have never thought at a professional level this was ever going to happen, you know. So it's it's a lot of pressure just because two people from the backyard are fighting for, for a title belt, you know. And, you know, and it's, 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 it's exciting. You know, win or lose situation, I'm excited because I have to enjoy the ride because a lot of people thought that I wasn't even going to make it this far, you know, not me, but people that I know personally thought that I wasn't going to win. And, and still with, with the fact with Matt, you know, nobody really thought that I was going to be the first one, be the runner up for the belt anyway. Right. Well, but I did. <laughs> but, but you did. That's what I'm getting at. There's this self-belief. Do you always have that self-belief or did actually bare knuckle bring that to you? Um, I've been doing bare knuckles my whole life. Um, you know, that's the only thing that I, I am good at, you know, fighting. 
MMA. I've tried everything else. But this is where I, I personally feel more comfortable at. And it's like, it's like waking up and doing it every day, you know. It's something that you're, you're born to, you know. But it's, um, in the end, it's, it's both worth it, you know. Like I said, it's a win or lose situation. I'm happy I'm chasing my dream. I'm chasing something that, like I said, not a lot of people thought this was going to be professional, you know. But I'm here, and I'm, and I'm going to enjoy it. Outro cast.